Hello and welcome to The Price of Football, the show that looks at the money behind the beautiful game with me, Kevin Day, and Liverpool University's Kieran Maguire. It's New Year's Eve. Hooray! Good riddance 2020. But it's also a Thursday, I believe. I really generally have lost count. <laughs> uh, so Thursday is normally a news day, but we're recording this on the 23rd of December on account of us putting our foot down, as instructed by the Baroness and Ali. Uh, yes. <laughs> there was no discussion on that one. It was very much an instruction. It's like, no, do them all on the same day. Okay, done. So we're going to answer a few questions and bugger off and leave you to the rest of the year in peace. Uh, any plans for tonight, Kieran, by which I mean New Year's Eve, not 23rd of December? Well, uh, as Sussex is now in Tier 4, uh, it's me, the Baroness and the dog, and uh, that's about as far as it's going to go. Uh, I, I know we were planning in in the little enclave where I live to have some communal fireworks, but I don't know whether we're allowed to do that anymore. No, you can stay in and watch them from indoors, but somebody else in a mask will have to go out and... I, I knew you'd have an enclave that did something special that didn't involve putting car keys in a bowl. Those, <laughs> um, well, it, it does that as well. Cool. I, uh, I I think that sounds lovely. I'm quite actually looking forward to just the night of me and Ali and the cat. Uh, but you, you've got a log fire, which I really envy. We've got one, but it's in the garden for some apparent reason. Uh, I, I can't tell you how much money we haven't got. Ali spent on a fire pit, is it? That, oh yes! Of course, you had to buy fire sand and fire logs and fun. It's been raining for two weeks. We're never going to get a chance to use this blinking fire pit. We'll, and what it's one of those is, things you can get from Aldi, isn't it? In the Central Isle, and, and they they look an absolute bargain yeah. at the time. They, they, well, it's not the sort. It's because Ali's not doing panto, you see. So she needs a project. So she's got to stage manage the house, basically. Right. <laughs> so I and we'll get it going, and we'll have one miserable half hour on the twenty ninth of. That's already gone. We Ali got it going, and we had one miserable half hour. On the ah, oh, it's difficult to tell what day of the year it is now, isn't it? Um, so let's do a few questions, Kieran, and move on. And our first question comes from Dave Noble, and it's about a club that we've barely touched before because it seems to be a well-run club with a good reputation. It's very much been on your good list. But Dave Noble says, can you have a look at Carlisle United, please? Our long-term owners have been backed uh, with loans around £2.1 from Edinburgh Woollen Mill Group owner Philip Day. Uh, They have a director on our holdings board at Mr Day's request. I like the sound of that, Mr Day. Um, And he appears to be able to pull the strings and has a ring-fenced input to pay the salary of our director of football, David Holdsworth. But Edinburgh Woollen Mill went into administration last month, and so how is this likely to affect their involvement with Carlisle? Well, I mean, I, I, I like Carlisle because they, they publish full accounts. So yeah, that gets there, yeah, 46 pages. Can you imagine how excited I get when those come out each year? Um, Carlisle, pre-pandemic, were losing around about 15 to 20 grand a week. Right. So, so they were very reliant upon the continued financial support of Edinburgh Woollen Mill. Um, it, it had lent the, the club money. Um, many of those loans had been written off historically, but there was still around about £2.1 million, as you said in the question beforehand. Edinburgh Woollen Mill, from a, from a day-to-day activity perspective, is now being run by the administrators 
do the administrators give a hoot about Carlisle United Football Club? The simple answer is no. You know, their their obligations, their responsibilities is to try to sell the assets of Edinburgh Woolen Mill. Now, some of those assets could be shares that they own in Carlisle United Football Club. So so where we go from there, I, I'm not sure. Um how the how the how the day to day losses are going to be funded is i think going to be a challenge um I, I think my understanding is that Carlisle have cut their wage bill as many clubs did mm. because matches were taking place behind closed doors over the course of the summer um it, it's an uneasy position um and until sort of the fog clears uh, the the administrators of Edinburgh Wooden Mill they've not put out their their first report which normally sort of sets out their plans for um the, the continued running of the company whether they anticipate quick sale long term sale um you know and uh, and things of that nature so uh we can't really offer much solace uh, at present um it's you know I'm I'm hoping that this guy Philip Day uh, will be a a good egg and you know even if the money's not coming directly from Edinburgh Wool and Mill uh, if he's got an affection for the club then he he'll, he'll be uh, continuing to offer some form of support himself. Yeah, can we stick with Mr. Day? I liked Mr. Day. Um, uh, st- sorry, Dave. No, well, that's not a brilliant piece of news, is it, to go into the new year with? But it's, obviously, it's a, a club we will now keep our eye on. Unfortunately, there are far more clubs on our keep our eye on list than not anymore. Our next question comes from Elias. And Elias wants to know very simply who pays the intermediates in the Jaden Sancho transfer saga now when no transfer took place? Well, it's a bit like selling a house um, and it's no sale, no pay. It's as simple as that. Um, There are agents touting around their clients all the time. Uh, I mean, Jaden Sancho's agent or intermediary will be taking a proportion of his wages as part of their ongoing relationship. But in terms of the... Uh, the, the proportion of, of the transfer fee until uh, an arrangement is made between two clubs. He is still yeah, he's still playing in the Bundesliga. He's still contracted to play in the Bundesliga for a number of years. Um, and you move you move along on that basis. So um, you know you you do kiss a lot of frogs in in the world of transfers if, if you are an agent. I, I know um, yeah, at Brighton at present we've we've got one of our players who supposedly. Is is uh, is on the radar of Arsenal, Manchester United, and Real Madrid, um, but his agent won't be getting any money un- until a, a a deal is agreed between the two clubs, and, and then that's when things start to crystallise. So it's exactly the same as as selling a house. You uh, until until the the contract is completed, um, the agent isn't able to take anything. Okay. Our next question was asked by Jamie Lyon and Ben Clark. Uh, not in exactly the same detail, but essentially the same question about the same player. Um, and the player is Jean-Kevin Augustin. Now, Leeds signed him to great fanfare on a loan deal from RB Leipzig in January with an obligation to purchase for around £18 million if Leeds were promoted by June the 30th, the end of the season and the contract period. Now, obviously, COVID extended the season beyond that date and Leeds chose to send the player back. But RB Leipzig now claim that Leeds do owe them £18 million as they were 
eventually promoted and the date of the promotion is immaterial. How will this end? They both want to know. Uh, this this will end in lawyers becoming richer. Right, okay. Simple, it is, yeah, is yeah. a simple answer. Yeah. Um, th- there are there are overlaps to a certain extent with um, the the transfer of Emiliano Sala uh, from Nantes to Cardiff, okay. and, and that has yet not not of course been resolved mm. in the sense that both clubs are trying to say that the player should be at the other club for for financial reasons. Um. What will happen here, in all probability, is that the FIFA Player Status Committee um, will make a final ruling um, on this. And who is going to be successful there? It's the whether Leeds or RB Leipzig have the most persuasive lawyers, because we are operating in an exceptional environment at present. Clearly, um, Leeds were not promoted at the 30th of June, mm. but they were promoted at the end of the 2019-20 season. Now, whether the FIFA Player Status Committee say that the 30th of June should automatically have been extended to the, you know, the date in July, uh, August, wherever it was that the Leeds were finally promoted, um, that that's how it's that that's going to be the crux of the matter. Both uh, both legal teams will be trying to uh, convince the the, the the committee, which will have normally three independent people uh, making the final verdict. Um, and it's it's simply a case of you've got to put forward a good case. And it's 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 one of those situations, Kieran, as well. We we don't know the players' feelings in this matter. Um, and we probably never will, but you kind of think he's the person who's ignored in this. I mean, again, it, it's you, we use the word commodity quite a lot, and it is, again, a human being just being treated as a commodity by two football clubs, arguing over whether or not they own him. It's, it's slightly... It's, I'm uncomfortable with that, Kieran, to be perfectly honest. Well, I, I, I fully understand that. I mean, you know, he, it, it didn't work out for him at Leeds. He had, he had three games, didn't yeah. score a goal, and... Yeah, we we could we can look at all. Yeah, there is no there are no guarantees in football, even at you know at my club at present. As you know, we're not scoring many goals, and the fans are going. Well, we just got to go and score. All we need to do is sign a twenty goal goal a season striker. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's easy on football manager. And if it doesn't work out, you just go and restart the game. Um, that. that even if you you know you think about Philip Coutinho going from Liverpool to Barcelona, well that. That one was a disaster, and that was 130 million pounds. Uh, you know, Dembele going from somewhere to again to Barcelona for, for about 120 million. There are no guarantees, uh, regardless of the fees involved. Um, nobody's asked John Kevin Augustine because, frankly, the, the clubs don't particularly care. They do care about money. You know people at Brighton, Kieran. If you're short of goals, why don't you get somebody to offer 50 million quid for Christian Benteke? That's a, well, yeah, unless, of course, he scored 10 goals in the last two games, in which case, hands off, cheating. Um, Adam Ball asks our penultimate question on this pod, and I noticed, Kieran, that of the three pods we are recording uh, to go out over the Christmas period, they are getting progressively shorter. Um, this one's nearly over already. Um, Adam Ball knows how to get our attention because Adam Ball starts his question by saying, I know you love a two-parter. 
So here goes. (laughs) (laughs) I've actually written pause here to let Kieran snigger, and you did. Well, that's uh, uh, if you're if you're listening to this pod, uh, my lovelies, and I know you are. Thank you, all of you. Uh, that's a surefire way to get your question out. If you start with a double entendre, it's going to get read out. Um, <laughs> Adam Bull says, first part of the question: uh, <laughs> Given the current debate over Premier League clubs bailing out the EFL, I would like to know the percentage of money that already flows down. Now, that's something we have talked about a little recently and cue drum roll says adam here comes the second part of the question how does that figure compare to other european leagues hi i'm steve lamack and every week i'm joined by music allies head of insight stuart dredge on the price of music the weekly podcast all about the money behind the music industry In each episode, we discuss the very latest goings-on in the music business and dig into the finances behind the big stories. So whether you're a music lover who just wants to know more about what really goes on in the industry, or you're an aspiring musician, manager or label owner who wants some inside knowledge on how Spotify's financial model really works, or what the future holds for independent live music venues, this is a show for you. Subscribe to The Price of Music in your podcast app now. See you soon. Okay, as far as the the Premier League is concerned, around about £350 million a year flows directly from the Premier League itself to the EFL. Now, that works out as 10.5% of the Premier League's income from uh, central deals. Um, Now, of that £350 over half of that is in the form of parachute payments. So it goes to clubs that were recently in, in the Premier League. On top of that, the Premier League uh, is is buying players from the EFL. Um, and I think in the most recent window, I, I estimate, um, and I, I'm taking this with a pinch of salt because I have, I've used transfer market yeah. because we don't know the value of transfers. Um, yeah, we're probably talking somewhere in the region of around about 150 million. Uh, you know, the likes of Nathan Ake, you signed Eze, uh, we've got Ollie Watkins. You know, but, so there, there are plenty of signings from the Premier League uh, as, as far as uh, EFL clubs were concerned. So that that's where we are. It's 10.5%. Now, um, given my complete lack of, of language skills, because unfortunately um, no, no clubs in UEFA uh, publish their accounts in Latin, which is the only other language which I've got any talent in. Um, uh, I, I, I sort of struggled a bit, but one thing to note is is that we're, we're fairly unique here in in the in England in the sense that the Premier League and the EFL are independent of one another. Um, so if you go to Scotland, we, we've got the SPFL, which is responsible for all of the clubs in the professional game. Um, and in Scotland, um, we, we said it was 10.5% from Premier League to EFL. In Scotland, 18% of money uh, goes to the clubs in the three divisions below the Premiership. Um, but percentages is one thing. Looking at numbers, I, I think, is, is a bit more scary. If you take a look at the club which finished bottom of the Premier League, that club is likely to earn around about ninety-five million pounds. Let, let's try to pretend we're operating in a non-COVID world. Yeah. Um, the club which finished top of the Championship last season, which was Leeds United, 
would have earned around about seven and a half million um, from from TV. So the gap is this ridiculous, you know, this this cliff edge that we have. If you go to Scotland, the club which finishes bottom of the Premiership earns one point one million pounds. The club which is top of the Championship earns over half a million. So so the gap is is far smaller between individual divisions. And once you drop from uh, the Scottish Championship to League One and League Two, um, though those gaps, you know, I, I think between the bottom of League One and the top of League Two, the, the gap is only around about um, 25 grand. Mm. Okay, Kieran, the final question, the final question of 2020 comes from Kieran Simmons. Uh, Kieran says, as you discussed on the show recently, Manchester United's women's team's newest signings outsold any of their male colleagues in terms of shirt sales for a short while at least. Is this a sign of a big future financially for women's football or is it that most Man U fans are turning elsewhere for knockoff shirts? Um, I, I think there is there is a, a big market for women's football. Um, yeah, I think we said before that it's it's not it's not going to replace the men's game. It's looking at a different demographic. Um, I think Manchester United got their their timing of these signings really good. Um, in the sense that the men's season had already started, there was a bit of a lull, and the, the signings of both Tobin Heath and Christian Press um, were they, they came came out of nowhere. Manchester United women team started off the season very well. These sales of shirts won't have been huge in England, but I think they would have been huge in the states. Manchester United is a very sexy brand as far as the Baroness. Yes, as as far as um, football is concerned, so I, I think Manchester United did this extremely well in terms of organization um and therefore that was reflected in those in those in those shirts so th- those shirt sales will have fallen considerably manchester united stock in terms of yeah they've been playing well recently high profile you know they've got fernandez and uh, marcus rashford both playing well so i think therefore you know the, the men's shirt sales will have increased since then but uh there there is certainly growth and I think that the opportunity for women's football to become more of a global game um, is certainly there because it is clearly it is huge in the States on a national level. Um, I think it's probably potentially going to be bigger on a club level uh, here in Europe. When you return the call to that person who just phoned you, can you point out to them that we managed to get through the whole of this year without being interrupted once by a phone call? And then halfway through the last question <laughs> in 2020, someone phones up just as we're reaching the climax. Leave it there, Kieran. <laughs> I mean, climax as in end of show. And it was going so well. And then now I lose attention because I'm just speculating who that might be on the phone. Why did Kieran cut them off so quickly? Why is the dog not barking? Um, there you go. <laughs> Two men with very short attention span. And a predilection, <laughs> the sense of humour of twelve-year-old boys. Um, we'll be back on Sunday, I think. I generally have lost track, uh, and that's another questions pod. So, if you do have any questions for us, and you will get them answered on Sunday because this is the end of our pre-records. It's questions at priceoffootball dot com, and then we will definitely be back on Thursday, the seventh of January, with news, and we have an exclusive interview. Fingers crossed with Thomas Sandgard, the owner 
of Charlton. In the meantime, it leaves me to say thank you so much to all of you who have listened in your tens of thousands this year and made us a very popular pod. Uh, thank you for giving us something to do twice a week, uh, some purpose in a dreadful year, and I wish you a safe and happy new year. It can't possibly be as bad as this one. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Be patient. We will all be together soon. And again, Kieran, thank to you. Thank you to the Baroness. Thank you to Finley the dog. And a happy new year to you too and to your enclave. <laughs> thank you, Kevin. And happy new year to all at a Shea Day. Um, and and your your fire pit, of course. Um, and I'd also like to thank all the listeners for for giving us something to be proud of. Yeah, we, we've really enjoyed this show. It, it's been, uh, it, 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 it never was intended to be anything like this. It was, it was supposed to be 20 minutes of talking bollocks once a week and, and it's metamorphized into, in, into what it is today. Um, and if you do like the show, yeah. <laughs> th- thanks. Yeah. You know, thanks for the reviews. Uh, yeah. If you want to give us a five star rating, it, it, it helps produce a guy negotiate with Manscaped. Um and uh, and and our other sponsors, but uh, remember, you you can get twenty percent off by using the code Price of Football. Um, and, and if you'd said to me at the start of the year, would I have been shaving my testicles for money to earn a living by the end of it? I, I probably would have had you locked up. Um, and, and I believe that the the technical phrase is uh, is that it's it's called a maven. Is it? It's called a maven, which. Which might come as a bit of a shock to Rachel Riley because that's what she's called her daughter. Oh my lord! And on that, so you know, if every next time you're recording eight of ten cats does countdown or whatever, that that was a, that was a very weird one when I got to hear that. In, in true Alan Partridge style, on that bombshell, I will leave you with a happy New Year to you all. Take care, everybody. <laughs> happy New Year, boys and girls, especially Maven. <laughs> yes. The price of football. I'm for the